Are you frustrated with your co-parent? Do you sometimes find yourself hoping that you and your co-parent will one day get along better than you even did in your marriage? Or more secretly, wish your co-parent would meet with an untimely or maybe painful demise. (laughs) It's okay, we understand. But I'm afraid that neither of those fantasies are helping you move on with your life. We think this podcast will help you learn how to put those fantasies in the past. In each episode, we address difficult dilemmas that many co-parents face and will help you decide should you hold on to the conflict for the sake of the kids or let it go for the same reason. These issues are often complicated, but the solutions can be easier than you think. So get ready for this unconventional ride. You might be surprised it could change your life. If you've got a dilemma to share, please call our voicemail number at 1-234-DILEMMA or email us at 1234dilemma at gmail.com. Remember, dilemma is spelled D-I-L-E-M-M-A. Welcome to our third episode of Co-Parent Dilemmas. I'm Diane Dirk. And I'm Rick Voiles. And I'm so glad to have all of you with us today. Let's talk about our question of the day today. Okay. Hi, this is Jessica, and I'm from Atlanta, Georgia. I've been listening to your show, and I really think maybe you could help me out with um, the situation that I have. I've been divorced for two years, and my ex, he's trying to get custody of our daughter by convincing her that the school near his neighborhood is better than the one that's near me. She's only nine, so it's not her choice. And she said that he took her to the school and showed her how cool the playground was. And then they met a couple of the teachers. Apparently, he told her that she might be going to school there after Christmas, which means that she would have to live with him most of the time, but she doesn't know that part of it. I was shocked. I didn't know what to say to her at that moment, but I said, well, that's not true. He never said a word to me about any of this. I'm just upset about all of it. I'm not sure what I should do about his campaign to have my daughter want to live with him. So I just want to touch base with you on this and hopefully you can help me with my dilemma. So that's where I'm at. Just any word of advice that you have would be great. Thanks. So let's uh, analyze what Jessica is telling us. What do you think she's telling us, Rick? Well, it sounds like she's put in a uh, difficult situation hearing this information from her daughter. She didn't hear it from the other parents. So that's probably upset her, which is, okay, now what do I do? Right. One of the things we don't know is whether or not legally she has the final say or decision-making power on an educational decision like this or whether he has it, that ultimately doesn't make a difference in how I'm going to teach her to express something to her child. But I'm sure part of her question was, what can she do about him? Right. right? And what would you say to that? Well, there's, it depends. Do you have final decision-making? Does he, those are questions that you need to address with your attorney. But like you said, it's not going to affect how I talk to my child, what I need to do next with her. And I need to be focused on the child at this moment. And that was kind of a revelation for me when I learned that the conversation she's about to have with her child has nothing to do with dad. And when I learned that from my kids, it was an eye opener for me. It changed the way I addressed things. Yeah. The way we talk about it in our 
classes is take off your wounded spouse hat and put on your parenting hat. <laughs> because yes. if you respond to your child out of that wound, you're going to say all the wrong things and unnecessarily put the child in the middle. So yes. if we were to if we were to play this out, should hold she hold on to the conflict or let it go? Holding on would probably be a phone call to her co-parent, right? Yeah. So what does that look like? Well, that's... Let's, I'm not... play, let's role play that, Rick. <laughs> okay, you, um, you answer the phone. Okay. Hey, this is Jessica. I um, just heard from our daughter that she thinks she's going to go to a new school next year or after Christmas, and you and I haven't talked about that. Uh, we what don't have do to you think he's going to say to her. He's going to say one of two things. I don't know what you're talking about. Or he's going to say, <laughs> yeah, make her crazy. Or he's going to say, I can take her to any school I want. You have no say. Yeah. And if he says, I don't know what you're talking about, she might blow a gasket. Oh, boy. what are you talking about? Yeah. She just told me you took her to the playground and told her how cool it was and introduced her to a couple of teachers. You don't yeah. remember doing that? <laughs> and then they're off and running, right? Exactly. What is the what's the end of that conversation going to produce? Hostility. Nobody's going to walk away from that well. And then and, hang up the phone and they have to have a conversation with my daughter is not good. I, I need I need to put myself in a good space. Right. One of the worst things that can happen is mom handles it that way. She didn't maybe tell the daughter, I'm going to tell your dad what you told me. Ooh. Next time, the next time daughter goes to dad's, he may say something like, why did you tell your mom what we did? Right. Now your mom is really upset. So when we do things like that. Don't tell your mom. Right. And I can't think of a worse position to put your child in. Now your child goes to bed that night going, oh, great. I told mom something I wasn't supposed to. Mom told dad tell mom anything anymore i can't trust her yeah and that's not where you want your child to be right exactly and then that child's going to feel that every time there's a fight it's their fault it's the child's fault i did something wrong to exactly. cause this. right yes so if he says i'm going to do it no matter what she's probably going to hang up call her attorney get something started put the $10,000 retainer down. Oh, gee. And we don't even know if this is happening. <laughs> yeah. So I think what I want to say is holding on at this stage probably is not the best idea. The daughter has just reported something. It doesn't mean anything is going to happen legally. It doesn't mean he's going to do it. First things first. Yes. That's how you deal with the daughter. So I'm going to say my opinion sways toward letting it go for now. Yes. Uh, because how the daughter feels is going to be more important than what dad is trying to do. He the may most, call her next week and talk to her about it. Yeah. The most important thing right now is how do I respond to my child? Even if I still want to keep that wounded spouse hat on, how do I respond? That it takes the best interest of my child into consideration. Right. Are you thinking the same thing about holding on is at this point in the game is probably going to create more problems than it's worth it? Yes. Let's wait until papers are filed or until you get some kind of a phone call or an email, then yeah, don't, yeah. don't address it right now. I mean, if you take it to a practical point, 
he's not going to just pick her up and take her to a new school without you knowing, because there's a lot of steps in between, right? <laughs> yeah. You, yeah. So, not, not in the same so, county. Right. So stay in the present, right? Let's yeah. just talk about what needs to be done today in the moment and have a conversation at a later time with, you know, your legal uh, counselor, your representative. Well, now let's be clear here. We're not suggesting that this is legal advice and how you should respond legally. No. What no, we're saying is how do you put yourself in the best position to have this crucial conversation with your child? And right. we're suggesting that for the child's sake, let it go for now. Yeah, right. So what do we do? Well, there's something that I like to call whack, which sounds really whack. <laughs> W-A-C. <laughs> Just worked out that way. But the three words to remember are worried, afraid, and concerned. W-A-C, worried, afraid, and concerned. Before you answer or respond to a child who brings anything to you like this, dad said, mom said, or they ask why questions of, you know, why do you, are you doing this? Why, 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 why? Stop for a minute, change hats, put on that parenting hat, and ask your child how they're feeling about it. Get them to respond. So you answer a question or a statement with a question. So when the child says, mom, dad said, I'm going to be going to a different school next year. He even took me to the playground to see how cool it was. And I met a couple of teachers. After you get over the shock of what? <laughs> My dead body. That's <laughs> what you want to say. Yes. After you get over that, then you say, well, how do you feel about that? Mm-hmm. And you really can't just say that. You don't have to fix this in the next 60 seconds. So it's very valuable to say, how do you feel? Or does that concern you? Are you worried? Are you afraid of something? I mean, use whatever word seems to appropriate, but you can also just say, well, how do you feel about that? Or what do you think about that? You're instigating from them some sort of opinion or response. And until you know what the child is feeling, you can't really address it. She might say, well, I really don't want to do that because then I'd have to leave all my friends or I like cheerleading at this school or whatever the case may be. At which point you say, well, that makes sense. I understand that. And you might share that with your dad. Or she might say, it was really cool. I love that they had these monkey bars that were so awesome. And she might go on and on and on. And you say, oh, well, that sounds really fun. And you don't make a big deal out of it. But I think you engage with her however she wants to engage. This isn't her problem. And it's certainly not her fault. And you certainly don't need to get her on your side right away. No. You know, you don't want to put words in her mouth. Oh, you don't want to do that, do you? Because you'd have to leave all of your friends. And you know, your favorite teacher is at our school. You know, those are all defensive responses that she will probably agree with because developmentally she's age nine. Right. Nine-year-olds want to please their parents, right? They're not, they're not 12 yet where they want to rebel against their parents. So typically she's going to tell dad, yes, I'd love to go to this school. She's going to tell mom, no, I don't want to go because she's going to perceive mom wouldn't want her to go. And then she goes to bed at night thinking I've lied to one of my parents. And she's in the middle and she is stressed. 
Exactly. That, that's the one thing we do not want to make cause to happen. We say, don't put kids in the middle. Don't put kids in the middle. This is what we mean. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Exactly. Because if we make it their problem, then we put them in the middle. And I don't know about other states, but in the state of Georgia, these kind of decisions really can't be made until they're 14. So she's too young to be making a decision like that. Dad doesn't feel comfortable in his position, so he's going to garner the support of his nine-year-old, which seems very, very unfair. This is one of those cases where how do I manage to do the right thing, even though the other parent will not or cannot? Yeah, even though the other parent's doing the wrong thing. Being impossible. In this moment. Yes. Right. (laughs) I need to be a non-impossible Right, And I need to say, how do you feel about that? And whatever she says, you tell her it's okay that she feels that way. She's entitled to feel scared to make a big change like that. She's entitled to feel excited. Some of that depends on your child's personality. You know, some kids love change and some kids don't. So either way, you play that out with her. Yeah, that, that does sound really fun, doesn't it? But the way the conversation should end is that's a decision your dad and I will have to make together and just know that whatever decision gets made, I'm going to love you. And don't promise that the other parent will do that because we don't know. He may give her the silent treatment. Who knows, right? But from our perspective, the message that no matter what happens, you and I are going to be okay. I'm going to love you. Even though inside you're screaming that I might not be okay without my daughter, truth, and I hope your values say to you that regardless of where she is, you're going to love her, you're going to support her, and you're going to be okay. Your relationship is going to be okay. Now she can go to bed that night as she's thinking about the day, thinking, I don't know what's going to happen. Dad seems pretty excited about the new school. I really don't want to go, but mom has assured me that no matter what happens, she and I are going to be okay. All right, this isn't so bad. At least I have mom's support. Yes. And I want to emphasize that it sounds like a small phrase. I love you no matter what happens and we're going to be okay. That is the best message you can give to your child in any situation or circumstance. It is huge and we don't do it enough. One other thing is this is a developmental question because if this child was 16, for instance, (laughs) right. How would this question be different? (laughs) First of all, dad tries to tell the 16 year old, here's where you're going to go to school and you're going to get a response, something like, well, I don't think so. (laughs) You're going to get pushed back there. But even how you talk, (laughs) how you talk to a 16 year old -old is not quite so, (laughs) not so suggestible. No. (laughs) And therefore you ask the same questions And you can even say the same thing at the end, because what you're telling them is whatever they're feeling, whatever they're doing, whatever their response is right now, it's okay. I understand where you're at right now. And I can come along beside you in that. Right. I've encountered teenage girls, especially who maybe never really had a great relationship with their dad. Maybe he was gone a lot or just wasn't happening when mom and dad were together. And now that they're separated and dad starts to you know, say, oh, come live with me, I'll buy you a car or come live with me, you'll go to this great new school or whatever the case is, promises are made to try to get the child to wanna live over there. That child may do it 
just because this represents a relationship with my dad that I've never been able to have until now. Yeah. And the other parent, the mom has to really get that. And this could work the other way too, where the mom is trying to get the son to come live with her primarily when he might be living with dad and might be promising things just so they can have time, which by the way, you don't really have to promise much to kids. Teenagers, they do, they do want things, but if it's a teenager who sees an opportunity to finally have a relationship with a parent they've never been able to connect with, sometimes those things uh, can be pretty deceiving. Yes. And then they get over there and realize they were relationship I thought I was going to have. It can be very disappointing. Yeah, that's hard because you know what they're in for, but they don't know. And it's really hard not to take it personally. So we often say, let them try it. Do a trial basis. Let them go live primarily with the other parent and see how it feels and see how it goes. And I think for a teenager, we let them make some of these choices and we want to give them the freedom to make a mistake. Right. So it's really okay. So even uh, teenagers, like you said, Rick, might make this decision on their own for a different reason, but we have to give them a lot of grace yeah. and just say, no matter what happens, we'll figure it out. Now, of course, there are some teens who will go back and forth between mom and dad, depending on who has the, the more lenient rules. So I always recommend if you're going to allow a child to live at the other parent's house for a time, that the, it is for a time. We're going to do it for the whole summer. We're going to do it for the whole semester so that you really get an understanding. You're not going to come back in two weeks because you got yelled at because then you have a kid who's bouncing back and forth like a tennis ball. You're right. And then suddenly they have more control than they need to have at that age. So Jessica, what we're saying is hold on for now. I'm sorry. Let go for now and <laughs> um, see what happens, you know, and take care of your child in the meantime. Nothing may ever come of this. Your child who might feel free now to express her feelings because she doesn't feel betrayed may come to it on her own and just tell her dad, yeah, I don't think I want to do that. I like my school better. And he may drop it. If he's a non-impossible, he might just drop it. If he's impossible, he'll probably dig his heels in harder. We don't know. But thank you for your question. We really appreciate all of you uh, asking questions. So Rick, what are we going to talk about next time? Next time. You know what I get a lot of? The, the word narcissist gets thrown oh, around Oh my lot. gosh, you every, bet. Every ex is a narcissist. So maybe we could help there in some ways. Yeah. In fact, I have a list of like 20 responses, 20 canned responses to narcissists so that you can stay out of conflict. It ah. might be fun to share some of those. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do that. Because if everybody has a narcissist on the other side, then everybody needs some help, some tools. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and I think that's all I got for today. Excellent. I will see you guys next week. Next week it is. Have- Thanks. All right. Bye. Bye-bye. We hope this episode was helpful to you. If you'd like to share your dilemma or tell us how something we said has benefited your situation, please call 1-234-DILEMMA. That's 234-362-3445. Or email 1234dilemma at gmail.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe to Co-Parent Dilemmas wherever you get your podcasts and give us a favorable rating. That will make us more accessible to co-parents who are searching for help. Thank you for being part of our non-impossible family.